Warning, the Grow Your Salon Fast Show contains content that may offend. The hosts don't care. If you want to grow your salon fast, keep listening and find out more at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. But for now, here's your hosts, Vagar Svanberg and Kat Smith. All right. Hello and welcome to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show. Hello, Kat. Hello. How are you? There you are, I'm fine, and you're fine, I can see that. Good. Aren't you? I'm as fine as I can be today. <laughs> I've just been exercising, so I'm sweating. Excellent. Kat, we have talked about recruiting. Yes. And we're going to continue that in this episode, and particularly we're going to talk about more about staff, because you have had quite a few uh, inquiries or, or questions about staff, haven't you? This seems to be one of the biggest yeah. problems. Yeah, and it is. It's one of the biggest problems that salon owners have. When I say to ask them, what are your biggest challenges? Um, 100% come back and say staff. And whether that be uh, staff recruitment, where to get them, how to get them to work for you, uh, how to keep them, how to make them do what you require them to do, how to buy into the way that you're doing your marketing, it's staff. Staff is the thing. Um, there is also getting new clients and trying to get new business into the salon. So there's two things that um, salon owners have, but it's staff that comes front of mind every time I ask the question, what are your biggest challenges? And staff often, yeah, and it comes in the way of, it gets in the way of, you know, doing the marketing and doing the selling because staff, I mean, issues with staff that will always keep you busy, won't it? If someone leaves or if someone is sick, that would create problems for you. So in the last episode, which I highly recommend everyone listening listens to, is the, um, we talked about uh, how to recruit and that's really important. In this episode, we are going to talk about how to keep staff because that's equally important, keeping good ones. And we talked about that at the end of um, the last episode. We talked a bit about, you know, creating a place where the good employees uh, want to stay because that's important as well, putting yourself in their shoes. What are your thoughts on that, Kat? Keeping good staff, creating a salon where your employees will, you know, love to stay. The good ones, that is. (laughs) I, I do not mean just yeah you can't just can't just have the bad stuff clinging on but could you is it possible to create an environment and this is a serious question is it possible to create an environment in a salon where you repel the bad ones and attract the good ones yes that's the short answer I'm I'm gonna say staff How? are like zebras staff are like zebras in a zoo so not on the plains of Africa, on the, in the zoo. So staff in the zoo, so this is how I've heard it compared, and I think it was a really good analogy, is that if you, you've got these zebras living in the zoo, and they don't care how many tickets have been, to, have been sold uh, to the public to come into the zoo each day. They don't care. They have their own agenda. So you can take them on as many team building retreats as you like. So you can take these zebras out, and you can get them to climb up ropes and pull each other over the you, you really you like really that. are a, you really are a bitch aren't you <laughs> but the zebra's priorities even if you take them on team building they'll still be the priorities will still be number one eating number two not being eaten by someone else or something else and number three finding a warm patch of sun to lie down in 
So ticket sales you to You are them. possibly the meanest person I know. <laughs> <laughs> ticket sales is a long, long way down the list of a zebra's priorities. I.e. never, they never worried about how many tickets have been sold. So the staff, your staff are like that. Your staff have very low priorities when it comes to how many clients are coming into your salon or how much marketing you're doing or how long your day is or how many bills you have to pay. Their priorities do not match up with your priorities. Their agenda is very different from yeah. your agenda. And if you can remember that, yes. if you remember that from the very beginning, that their agenda does not match up with your agenda at all. I actually do have an example, a quick example, just to yeah, zebra? With that. So as the listener now, sh- sorry. You've got a zebra. No, yeah, I've got a zebra in my garden. No, I have this, um, People, as people know, I have this other business, this broadband thing. And uh, they recently we have, because of my excellent marketing, of course, uh, customers have been pouring in. Mm. But what I have seen is that the employees actually have been at times asking me to back off on the marketing a bit because it's getting so busy. Oh, so you know and what's that, working. You know, uh, uh, that, is, that clearly shows, yeah, and that clearly shows, you know, um, and this, but this is, you can't really blame them because as you say, they care about themselves and their own things. They don't necessarily understand or want to understand or, or see the whole picture. Uh, but you can't just stop marketing. I mean, a customer you lose is a customer you lose. Well, there's no programming in them to actually, to care about that because it's not, like I said, it's not on their priority. Their priorities will be making money for themselves to eat, to pay their own rent, the relationships they have with their friends, with their partners, with their spouses, with their family, that's their priorities. Um, and you don't really come into that, but you, although you do cross paths, the problem is because your agendas don't align, there's a, there's a conflict going on all the time. So there's a resentment in regards to you're a business owner and you're making all this money and all these clients are coming in because you're doing great marketing, but they feel like they're having to do all the work. But you're getting... The, the bulk of the wealth from it. So you're using them to make money. So there's a, a conflict there. They resent the fact that you're at the top of the food chain. Um, and they get pissed off because you can fire them. They can't fire you. So they can't turn around and say, you know, get gone from my life unless they want to lose the job they've got. Um, they have to ask for permission for time off. Uh, and you can decide when, when and where you want to go. You don't have to ask their permission. Um, they also think that they know better than you because you're out of touch with what they do on the ground or on the floor. Unless you're working on the floor with them, you, you're out of touch. I actually, I, I must say, yes, I actually heard that. I hear that sometimes, but I have one of the guys saying that I no longer understand some technical issue because I've, I, there's been too long since I was, you know, working yeah. purely technically in the yeah. business. And that was... Well, I, I, I had an answer for him. And it, it, uh, uh, I know this episode is tagged with, all these podcasts is tagged with the explicit tag, but I'm not going to... So it ended with off, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm not going to say here what I told him, no. <laughs> well, it's like my daughter who's Starts nine. Starts with an Mummy, in the olden days, did you have television that was in colour? Or oh, mummy, in the olden days? <laughs> yeah, it's like that. It's like, actually, I've been around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I keep current. And I, I have worries and concerns and I have to pay the bills and I have to pay wages. All right, that's what I used to have to do. I don't have to do that anymore, which is good. But you, you've got your priorities are very, very different. 
Um, and add to that, actually, when you think about it, the media doesn't help you in that respect either because the media shows business owners as slave-driving capitalists. Um, you've got people who you're not paying enough money to, they're on minimum wages, and um, there's an unfairness in wealth distribution. You know, there's people in the world who are very wealthy. Please don't wind me up. Yeah, but it's very one don't, way. Don't, don't it, go there. We, we do not want to go there. <laughs> I, I, I can't be stopped. I'm like a train. Yeah, so, so it's a very I'm unfair representation yeah. of, of you. So, and, yeah, and you is. know, people buy into that. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't paint a very pretty picture of an employee, does it? So these people who are these zebras who just want to eat, not be eaten and sit in the sun, bloody lazy fuckers really, aren't they? Yeah, why should we employ them? But what we mistake we make as as uh, employers is that we try and make these employees our friends. Because if we make them our friends, then they're going to do stuff for us, right? Uh, well, we yeah. think so. Yeah. So we think that if we they we are friendly to them and they become our friends, we can be more persuasive, and we we think that the law of reciprocity. We think the law of reciprocity applies, but it doesn't. We also treat them like our family. So we try and get them into our little community and we get the touchy-feely benefit. As you talk, I actually feel myself getting a bit embarrassed because this is what I've been doing for all those years. And And, um, And it's a a natural thing to do because we want to be nice. Generally, we are uh, kind people who are decent human beings but it doesn't work staff are not your friends they won't they're not your friends they are not they are in your employees and they as soon as something happens this the uh, bailiffs turn up because you haven't paid the bills for months and months they'll be the first person to take the money that's left in the till out of it before the bailiffs can get it so that they can be paid as the uh, salon is closed down and they're not your family if you're in a, a rest home 20 years from now, how old are you? Not that old. 60 years from now? 80 You're years from now? You're asking me age. 20 years, I'll be like... Oh, ouch. <laughs> uh, then I, I'm yeah, actually 36, anyway, believe You're in it the rest home and your dotage and your, your memory's failing and you, all you want is someone to look after you. It's not going to be your ex-employees, yeah. is it? They're not your family. Your family might come and see you, no. but your ex-employees are not going to come and see you. Family would probably do it because they love me. Yeah, right. See, this is where the problem with the agenda. Oh, why wouldn't they? <laughs> There's another thing with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm guaranteed if no one comes to me. I'm, I'm going to go bush. I'm going to go out somewhere in the back of beyond that and goes both die ways, on, slowly on by myself. Um, but anyway, it's, and if you're tiptoeing around your employers all the time because you fear that then you're going to ruin a friendship with them or that they're going to get a bad feeling because they're not the family anymore. They're going to take control of your business. So the, the downside of this, if you're doing this, you all of a sudden are giving permission for your employees to do exactly what they want within your business. Um, so you lose the control of your business. And I've seen it before. I've had it in my salon. I've seen it in other people's salon. And one of the private clients I have, um, he noticed it and articulated on it very clearly that as soon as he started being nice to the staff, and I don't mean by being a horrible boss and being a real bitch and being nasty. If you're a decent human being and you do decent things for your staff, that's great. 
but you don't have to go above and beyond and give them allowances because they are friends or family because that's when they take the piss and they will start controlling your salon and that's when you start seeing problems. You're listening to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with Kat and Vagard. Remember to sign up for the podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com. I'm also going to say that um, because we are going to talk about how to keep mm-hmm. stuff and keep the good ones. So to segue onto that, this is relevant because if you create, you, you can't just be friends with anyone and the really good employees, they actually understand this. They might not understand their, it might be a subconscious kind of thing, but they understand how it works. And they also, the good employees remember that they also have their own agenda. They put themselves first, yeah, and families first and everything. But they understand how to do business. And those people normally, in my experience, is they are more, um, they like uh, not necessarily stricter environment. They can have a friendly tone with you. That's that's not, not a problem. But they like working. That's what they need to do. So the good employees, they don't, they wouldn't just hang out around the water cooler. If they have no clients in the salon, they would start, you know, uh, cleaning or just doing something they have the good employees whilst the bad employees would i don't know you probably have some stories what they do but they do not they they could take lunch two times a day or something um if there are no clients in and the good what the good ones would yeah something like that well the good ones would you know clean tidy they would probably come to you with ideas on how you could get more clients stuff like that things you just change uh, stuff like that so they, they, those people are really it's really good you really need to keep those uh, yeah in. and um, and people are motivated by different and, and things and i think if you're trying to keep the ones that you yes, like but befriending yeah. yeah but befriending them is not the answer when you have good no. staff yes you you and will you'll be, be friendly nice you will be there not your friends quote, quote yeah. yes you'll be friendly but not yeah. their friend and they will understand the good ones well. So you don't befriend them to keep them. And I think that's that's huge because people think that they need to befriend them. There's also another thing with that psychology-wise is that if you feel you have to become friends with them, you will also become needy. And as anyone uh, who's participated in the dating game knows that neediness is really Very unattractive. unattractive. So, yes. Can you... How how would you keep good stuff? Well, you have, there are things to recognise that people are motivated by. So there are things um, that will motivate your stuff. And each one of these is five things that have been recognised. Um, and if you look at your staff member, you sit down and you think about each staff member you have in the salon, each one of them will be motivated by these five things in different measures. So some of these five things won't feature at all in what um, motivates them and some will be very strong motivators and then there'll be some who will have all five and a little bit of each but there'll be out of the five there'll be one or two that uh, uh, show as big bigger motivators for some than others so the first one is recognition and that's about um the, you'll have one this type of person in your salon where this person loves to be talked about. They love to be praised. They love to talk about what they've done and how good they've done it. They love the testimonials that come in from their clients. And when you have a staff meeting, they'll be the one that talks about what they've done this week in terms of uh, the most fabulous thing that happened and 
how they turn somebody's life around because they did an amazing service, service on them. Uh, and they like to be showered with recognition. So staff are motivated by recognition. And you can think of things like um, having their work displayed around the salon, um, promoting their work in, in magazines. Um, High Street magazines are desperate for for uh, images so you could send them their work that way. You do an employee of the month. It works for McDonald's and there is a reason McDonald's do it. It's not uh, the biggest loser of the month. It's the employee of the month. And put that in your newsletter so that you, you, know, you start your know, clients can see your employee of the month. Loser of the month. Can you can you imagine <laughs> how that would be? Well, I think my husband puts it you, you, the, you're This the month's loser is Gary. Loser at the same time. <laughs> Um, write about them in your daily emails, talk about them. It, it, it's about getting them recognised, having their efforts recognised, their um, their skills recognised, and it's kind of a massaging and ego type thing. And you'll know these people. They'll absolutely thrive on it. They'll be thrive. They'll be one at the party who's in the centre of the floor doing whatever dance they consider it the most funky dance of the, of the, of the time, and they'll be holding court with everybody. So recognition's a massive one. Now it doesn't have to be that extreme. You can get some of your staff will be um, happy to be recognised in smaller ways um, and they might get really shy ones who just blossom when you say that was fantastic, what you did just there was amazing and that kind of recognition motivates them. The second thing is reward. So we have to talk about money because money motivates people. That does. It doesn't have to be money though. So you can reward by uh, gifts, vouchers, uh, sleep-ins. We used to have a thing called duvet days where you could come in late, you could book the time off, so you could stay under your duvet for longer, usually in the winter when you were hungover. But you pre-booked it. Wait, wait, I have a question there. Did the good staff use that opportunity? Did you ever experience that someone earned that but didn't use it? Earned it but didn't use it, yes. There's lots of those. The good stuff, yeah. yeah. But if they needed it, it was there. They had it. I know I, a friend of mine works for a massive electrical firm in Holland, and they have a, a system where they have vouchers um, in this book, and you can earn these vouchers. So you're all you're all given all the staff are given this voucher book at the start of their employment, um, and there'll be vouchers in there like taking a day off to go and see your kids' plays at school, or taking time off to go to the dentist, or whatever it is, and you work your hours to these vouchers. So the vouchers will have certain conditions on them and say you must have worked extra this time or whatever. And then you can rip off the voucher and say, I've done this requirement, I'm gonna take I'm gonna redeem my voucher. So like a duvet day or a taking a day off or taking a personal day or whatever. And they get given the set amount each year so they can work towards them. So that means if they've done the work for the week and they want to take um, a day off to see their school's sports day, they can. And they don't have to ask for it, they don't have to book the time off, they just take it because they've done the work. So all the company is requiring them, of them is that they've done the work that is required them to do. And then they can take this extra time, which I think is fantastic and it's a great idea. And I think if I can get my hands on one of those, it might become very productive. What do you think of cash bonuses? The problem with bonuses is that if they become routine, they come, become expected and then they don't become value anymore. So you can use them as bonuses, you can use cash bonuses like as in prizes or competitions or uh, 
someone's striving to be the top sales for that week. But once you give it out a bonus as something of right, that they've earned it, they expect it, and then the behavior decreases because the motivation decreases. So you have to be very careful with bonuses. They're not the obligations. In- They're tools. Sorry, yeah. The bonus is a tool. It should be a tool that you should use to buy behavior that you can measure. There is a guy, He's called, he works in Google. He's head of um, uh, people department, mm-hmm. really. Uh, he's written a book called uh, Work Rules, Insights from Inside Google. He's cool. um, called Lassio Bock. Uh, but he's, I listened to podcasts with him, and it's what well, it was a bit interesting. They tested various kinds of bonuses inside Google to see what works. And one of the models they found working with bonuses is that, yes, you get a bonus, but you don't get a yearly bonus. They, they spread them... Um, chop them up in smaller uh-huh. bonuses, spread them across uh-huh. the air, and then you don't actually get the bonus yourself, but you can vote who gets your portion of the bonus. Oh so you have God. to vote for someone else within the company, which is, I, I don't think that it's easily replicated in a small firm. It's probably doable in a big yeah. firm. It could be so do certain people get more firm. bonuses? In a small firm, you would just have one guy team yeah, up yeah. with another. Your I'll turn, your turn. You, you'll vote <laughs> yeah. for me, and you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it'd be easy to be. But it's interesting to see that there are different models, and that's really the point here, that there are different models you should use than just having a yearly bonus based on some, because it's difficult to measure, it's difficult to decide who gets what and what's a fair portion. And as Kat says, uh, uh, people start expecting it, so they will suddenly expect a Christmas And it's very hard to remove it. So once you've installed something like that, it's almost impossible to remove bonuses. So, um, without creating yes. too many ugly... But we do... There's another interesting... I'm just going to mention that as well. Uh, um, there's another model which is interesting. A, a company I know, they started... They, they bought two uh-huh. cars. So two... They had the sales team of, say, 10 people. So the top two performers each month would have one of the cars right. the following month. Yeah. So the two top performers yeah. would get the car. So everyone would compete, yeah. you know, get the car. You could do you stuff can. like that. But, and and um, as I say, yes. if you, all of a sudden you couldn't afford to keep the cars, it's very difficult to take that kind of thing away. So you have to you know, build that in. Well, in that, in that circumstance, it would be easy because you would have these leaderboards. So the top two every month would get yeah. the car. Those yeah. are the rules. So, but yeah, taking the cars away completely. Yeah, that taking would the be, cars away completely. Yes, difficult, of course. Um, yeah. But always remember that what, yeah. you're, what you're trying to reward is behavior. So always think about the behavior that you want and that you're rewarding the behavior and not what uh there's a, the thing saying what's rewarded gets done and that just means that people find ways of doing the thing you want them to do not necessarily the way that you want them to do it and i i have never ceases to amaze me how creative people can get when you say you want to give them money for something um i have one gorgeous receptionist who i said you would get a pound for every person you rebook so every person you rebook get a pan for it and all she had to do was write down the names on a piece of paper and I would check them and my account would add them up and she'd get that amount of money at the end of each week and what she was doing was when she was asking a person to rebook and they booked maybe three appointments in advance she was adding that as three times rather than just the one rebooking <laughs> she was also rebooking or recording the stylists who were making their own rebookings she was recording them as her own. So never underestimate the creativity of people when you are offering money to do something. 
Never underestimate the stupidity because she must have known that she would well, be caught she out. Didn't, she didn't think she'd be caught and uh, she got paid for it. So yeah, my fault really, because I didn't specify exactly. I, you have to be very, very clear about what it is that you want done. Otherwise you're going to get caught out. So yeah. yeah. So be very careful. Um, uh, yes, we talked about, we're not going to spend too much time recruiting in this episode, but just that in the last, in the previous episode, you really need to, to listen to that because what we talk about there is that you can avoid many of these problems by recruiting the right people. So if you had the right people, you won't necessarily have to, um, some, you know, bonus systems, all the things, incentives, um, people who are really interested in job, they are not necessarily too, you know, concerned with that they will do the job and do it properly and you will pay them accordingly and you will of course do stuff to keep them that's really important Uh, but you don't necessarily have to hack things you wouldn't have to if you had the decent receptionist she would just do this she would do the rebookings and she she she, that was her job so she would do it properly without necessarily being paid a pound per rebooking stuff like that so it's really important to to kind of get the right people in. What we're talking about here is that if if, if you have the good people and you want yeah, to keep them. Yeah, and how to motivate them to get do them to do what you want. To, to yeah. keep them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's yeah. three more things, but we're, we're running out of time for those, so we're going to have to come back to them. Um, I can give you a little teaser. They are a little bit around valuing, nurturing, and belonging. <laughs> so I've given you the three things. But we can talk <laughs> about Yeah, that was a teaser, wasn't it? But we can talk about those in more depth because they are important. And if you understand how people are motivated, it becomes a lot more easy to get them to do the things you want to do in a legal, ethical and moral manner, I might add. Good. Sounds good. We are going to come back to that. In the next episode, we are going to talk about, we're going to come back to pricing, Ooh. actually. Excitement. For a while, before we return to staffing later. Awesome. Yeah. And we're going to talk about what your clients really want, for instance. Sounds good. You've been listening to the Grow Your Salon Fast Show with Kat and Vagard. Share and sign up for your podcast updates and special bonuses at www.thegrowyoursalonfastshow.com.